Hazard Audio. Syracuse is under fire, LaShawn McCoy has been traded, and the Jets marshal in a new era. That and more right here on Sports Appeal. Recorded live at the Launchpad Studios in Chicago, Sports Appeal. This is going to be a home run. I just know it because I can see into the future. With your hosts, Steve Gross and Matt Axelrod. Play ball. Welcome to Sports Appeal. You've got your regular hosts. I'm Steve Gross. And I'm Matt Axelrod. You can find us every week right here on podbean.com. Just search for Hazard Audio, or you can find us on the Rivet News Radio app. You can also get us on thesportsmecca.com or on wgtrlive.com. We'd love for you guys to tweet at us. We have a great time interacting with you on Twitter. Find us at the Sports Appeal, or you can send us an email, sportsappealshow at gmail.com. All of our music on the show is provided by Full Service, our new studio band. All their music can be found on Spotify and iTunes. As always, we're produced by Johnny Five and powered by Hazard Audio. The biggest story in sports this week has been trades in the NFL. The SportsMecca.com has a really cool off-season tracker where you can see all the moves that are happening. If you just go to SportsMecca.com, click on their NFL link. It's one of the main uh, main links. You can't miss it. Go to their NFL off-season tracker. They're tracking every single move that's been going on these past few days in the NFL off-season. You can see it all right in front of you, and then they've got commentary on a lot of them, too. The trade that's the most interesting to me, besides the one that affects my team, is the LaShawn McCoy trade for linebacker Kiko Alonso. What do you think about that one, Steve? It's pretty crazy. It kind of came out of nowhere, and when they traded McCoy to the Bills, I kind of didn't believe it at first. I was like, what the hell? Where did this come from? Because over the last three years, he's been the leading rusher in the NFL. So to just trade him straight up for a linebacker was weird to me. I thought at first, oh, there's got to be some kind of draft picks involved here. But it turns out there wasn't. I think they were just trying to clear cap space is what it looks like. I think that's a big part of it. There's also been talk that LaShawn McCoy might not be getting along with Chip Kelly too well. And that LaShawn McCoy, the way he runs routes, doesn't work as well for how Chip Kelly likes to have his running backs run. So I think there's a lot of moving parts that fed into this trade. It really is interesting, too, because you almost never see player-for-player trades in the NFL. You usually see a player-for-draft picks, something like that. Player for player happens like maybe once or twice a year. Especially one of the top three running backs in the NFL for a linebacker who has played one season. He was out all last year with an injury, so he had a great year, and he didn't play at all last year. So to trade one of the top three running backs in the NFL for a young player who is not that established, to be honest. Right, and he is very good, but he also, he tore his Achilles tendon. That's an extremely difficult injury to come back from, and it's harder if you're older, but even if you're young, it's still not a good injury to come back from. It's considered worse than having to come back from a torn ACL. So it really, it's a bit of a head-scratcher for the Eagles, but at the same time, they're getting someone who has an extremely high ceiling and because he's still on a rookie contract comes at a low price yeah and i guess the supporting argument for them is that they did save a lot of cap space they made a lot of cuts this week as well they cut trent cole they let go of Kerry williams they have 50 million dollars in cap space now so it kind of begs the question what are they building towards like, what's the big target that they want to get are they gonna go after Indomitian sue are they gonna go after Darrell revis they can get both of those guys if they got either of those guys to pair with kiko alonzo that could make their defense just that much stronger because i still think kiko alonzo is going to come back and will be a good player still yeah absolutely and there's been a lot of talk about chip kelly wanting to trade up for marcus Mariota, so that was why i thought there had to be draft picks involved 
involved in this trade because that's what you're going to need to trade up for Mariota. So I thought that's what they were doing, but apparently just wanted to dump McCoy in his salary. It really shows you how little the running back position has come to be valued. The fact that you'd trade a really established and absolutely elite running back like LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso, who is still very much an unknown, especially considering the injury, just speaks to the devaluation of the running back position. I mean, you'll never see running backs drafted early in the first round again. No. A buddy of mine sent me this thing on Reddit. It's a breakdown of the last few rushing champions in the NFL and where they're at at this current moment. So 2008, Adrian Peterson, currently on the commissioner exempt list. 2009, Chris Johnson, free agent. 2010, Arian Foster. I don't really know what's going to happen with him. 2011, Maurice Jones-Drew, retired. 2012, Adrian Peterson, exempt list again. 2013, LaShawn McCoy just got traded for an injured linebacker. 2014, DeMarco Murray, free agent. So it's been different guys, and none of them are really in a good state right now. So it just goes to show that the running back position is kind of a gamble. I think a lot of coaches in today's NFL feel like they can just take any old running back and put him into their system and have him get four yards per carry and do the things that you're essentially looking for out of a running back, which is to keep the defense unprepared and guessing as to whether or not you're going to be passing or running. It's kind of proven to be true. With the, If you have a good offensive line, you can just, just kind of put anybody back there who's fast and knows where the holes are. Let's move on to the next trade that was moving the earth this week. Brandon Marshall traded from your Chicago Bears to my New York Jets for a fifth-round draft pick. I think that could have gotten more for Brandon Marshall than a fifth-round pick. I mean, I think if they could have, they would have. I was really surprised that that's all they got. Frankly, I was surprised that they traded him at all because... Yeah, Brandon Marshall has his off-the-field issues, and Mm. he can be somewhat of a distraction. I mean, he likes to have his face in the media. He likes to be on TV, and the team seems to not like that. But that's just so much on-field production to have to replace. I really hope the Bears have a game plan for what they're going to do in the wake of trading Brandon Marshall for almost nothing. Because a fifth-round draft pick can be a very good player. It can also be someone who never sees the field. Trading a perennial Pro Bowl receiver with a reasonable contract for such a a mid-range draft pick just doesn't make much sense to me. Because you're right, the on-field production far outweighs the off-field stuff. He has the most 100-catch seasons in NFL history. He's done it five times. He also holds the record for most catches in a single game at 21. Yeah, he does. And it's been a long time since the Jets have had a number one wide receiver. I, I can't remember the last time they have. Yeah, I think it's a great move for the Jets. I'd be really stoked if I were a Jets fan. So you should consider yourself lucky. Now, I do have to wonder what was going on behind the scenes because obviously John Fox and Ryan Pace thought that there was a significant enough reason to trade him. Yeah, and that's part of the talk that's been going on is Ryan Pace, the new GM of the Bears, has come in and said, I want to make changes, and I guess this is part of the change that he wants to make. There's also been talk about the Bears going after Mariota, which you're not sold on Jay Cutler, so how do you feel about that? You know, Mariota is still a huge question mark. I think I want them to go for Mariota. You do? Yeah, I would like to see them try and trade up in the draft with uh, Tennessee I was thinking like their number seven pick in the draft for the number two pick that Tennessee has because it's pretty much presumed that Mariota is going to fall to number two. Package Jay Cutler with that number seven pick and maybe like a third round pick or a fourth round pick, whatever it takes to get the deal done because I I think that would get the deal done. No, it depends on if Tennessee wants to have Jay Cutler, but he did play in college at Vanderbilt in Tennessee and seems to have a good relationship with the Tennessee front office from what reports there are. I don't think teams really have an issue with having Jay Cutler as their quarterback. I think the issue is his salary. 
the salary is really hamstringing the Bears big time. You know, it's not as bad as you think, honestly. The contract was really front-loaded so that his salary last year was very high. They ended up restructuring his contract to save a little space so they could sign Jared Allen last year. But he's still he's making, I think, $16 million this year and a little bit less next year. That's not unreasonable for a starting quarterback. That's not unreasonable for a starting quarterback, but it's too much for a quarterback who throws 20 interceptions a season. That's the problem. But that's why you'd be throwing in a couple draft picks along with it. Yeah, and I guess there's been some talk about Brandon Marshall contributing to Jay Cutler's interceptions because Cutler's so comfortable with Brandon Marshall that he'll just throw the ball up there and say, go get it, and half the time he can't get it. The defense just comes down with it. There have also been some times where it seemed like Brandon Marshall wasn't really on the same page with Cutler. Yeah. And they apparently had some falling out behind the scenes that we've heard some talk about. I don't know how much to attribute to that, but it would make sense because it does seem like their on-field rapport has not been the same, especially in the latter half of last season. Yeah, that's one of the problems with Brandon Marshall is he's a hard guy to get along with. Yeah, there was that big altercation in the Bears locker room this past season where he's yelling at the punter, you just kicked the fucking ball. Yeah, well, that was classy. I mean, Jay Cutler, though, is also not the easiest guy to get along with, which I think is part of the reason they were such like a, a little odd couple for a while. But I think <laughs> they've soured on each other. So it makes sense to see Brandon Marshall going. I wouldn't mind seeing Jay Cutler gone, too. But in reality, he's probably going to be around for at least one more year. Yeah, boosting Alshon Jeffries' fantasy value. You're listening to Sports Appeal. We're going to take it to break. I'm Matt Axelrod. That's Steve Gross. Tweet at us at the Sports Appeal and email us at sportsappealshow at gmail.com. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Steve here. I know a lot of you have been wanting to try out DraftKings.com. Now is the perfect chance to do that. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. You just play whenever you want, pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Last year, $300 million were won at DraftKings.com, and you could be the next to win big. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code HAZARD to play for free. That's HAZARD for free entry now at DraftKings.com. Welcome back to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve. He's Matt. Hit us up on Twitter, guys, at the Sports Appeal. We're going to throw it to Johnny Five, our producer, right now, to read some tweets from you guys this week in the Tweet Zone. Tweet Zone. Hit the tweets. Oh, yeah. Let's get to it. At Mastermind Nate is tweeting to us, chances the Pats toss out big money for a chance at DeMarco Murray with an aging quarterback? Uh, Virtually zero, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the, the Pats never toss out big money in free agents. Very rarely, anyway. They had Terrell Rivas last year, which was kind of the only example I could think of besides the Randy Moss deal. They're so good at building through the draft, though. Why would they? Especially a running back. Bill Belichick, you know, he always is always cycling in running backs. So he's not afraid to use five different running backs in a season. And I think the first one that pops to mind for big contracts to the Patriots running backs is Corey Dillon, and he only got like $3 million a year. So I really don't think the Patriots are going to be players in the DeMarco Murray thing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Let's move on to the next one from at Cliff Stowers. Any sleepers that could maybe sneak into the postseason this year in the Major League Baseball? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the White Sox on that. And some people might say they're not a sleeper because they made such big moves in the offseason. But you got to consider they still finished 16 games under 500 last year. And they're in a division competing with Kansas City and Detroit, which I can't believe you're talking about Kansas City as a hump you have to get over. But they have a really good team now. The White Sox, though, they made some big offseason moves. They signed Adam Eaton. They signed Jeff Samarja. 
And they're bringing back Jose Abreu, the reigning rookie of the year. They've got a lot of talent on that squad. I would not be surprised to see them sneak into the postseason, especially in one of those wildcard spots. They also signed LaRoche and David Robertson, the closer from the Yankees. Then they've got Chris Sale and Jose Quintana. And at some point this year, they'll probably see, uh, what's his name, Rodone that they drafted last year, who's supposed to just be incredible. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with San Diego. Kind of a similar situation to your White Sox one, where they may not actually be a sleeper, because they made so many moves in the offseason. But they were third in the NL West last year. They had a losing record, and they still have to go through the Dodgers and last year's World Series champions, the San Francisco Giants. So I think for them to make a big move this year would be kind of an upset as well. But they had a big offseason. They signed James Shields. They signed... Justin Upton, Matt Kemp. They still got Will Myers. They still got Andrew Kashner. They have a really solid roster, and they're going to have a lot of games this year against the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. So that's a bunch of wins right there, too. At Not Your Hero 777, do you think Tim Lincecum will return to Cy Young form this season? I don't see why he would. He hasn't been good for quite some time. He only has had three actual good seasons, I believe. His ERA last year was 4.74. Should he even be in the starting rotation? Yeah, there was an article on Sports Illustrated, I think, questioning that very thing, whether he should be in the starting rotation or not. You're right about his ERAs. The last three years, last year he was 4.74, the year before that 4.37, and the year before that 5.18. He's not been Tim Lincecum the last few years, and he's over 30 now. I don't see any reason that he would go back to being in Cy Young form that he was in three years ago. I don't think there's much chance of that. Hopefully for his sake he'll surprise us, although his team's doing just fine even without him pitching in a dominant fashion. That's our tweet zone. Guys, send us tweets at the Sports Appeal. We had a great time tweeting with you during the game of the week this week, which was the Mavericks and the Blazers. So we're going to do another game of the week this week. It's going to be Oklahoma City and the LA Clippers on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Matt, what are you looking forward to in this game? Blake Griffin is supposed to be back from injury. I'm really excited to see him come back, do some of his earth-shattering dunks, and show off that mid-range game he's been working on. Doesn't sound like Kevin Durant will be back yet, but you've still got Russell Westbrook, who's just been playing lights out. That should be fun. It's always fun to see a couple primo superstars go at it. And then you've got the point guard matchup with Chris Paul, who used to be considered one of the top point guards in the league, versus who I would say is the current top point guard in the league in Russell Westbrook. I think Chris Paul is still one of the top point guards in the league, especially lately. He's been playing really well lately. So I'm looking forward to that matchup as well. In this week's game of the week, there was a big injury that happened. Wes Matthews tore his Achilles tendon. I think this is a huge loss for Portland. It is. However, they're looking really good from that trade they made for Aaron Flalo a couple weeks ago. Because Aaron Flalo does very much the same things as Wes Matthews. Back, Steve, before the show, you were telling me some of these stats that are just eye-poppingly similar. Yeah, it's crazy how similar they are. First of all, size. Matthews is 6'5", 220 pounds. Flalo is 6'5", 215. And then their career stats are eerily similar. Aflalo averages a few less points per game. He's at 11.4, and Matthews is at 14.3. But assists is 2.1 to 2. Rebounds is 3.1 to 3. Career three-point percentage is 39% to 38%. Career field goal percentage is 44% to 45%. These are the same exact player. Aflalo is two years older. He hasn't gotten the minutes this year that Matthews has gotten, so his points per game is a little bit lower. I don't expect him to 
duplicate the 16 points per game that Matthews was putting in. And I don't think he's going to take nearly as many three-pointers either. Matthews was second in the NBA and made three-pointers this he year. He should still be able to slide in pretty well and still fill more or less the same role. Unfortunately, they lose that depth that they had at the wing positions because of having both of those guys on the team. But he should fill in, and now they're essentially just down a backup instead of being down a starter because he'll slide right in and fulfill the star role in almost the same fashion. Exactly. This trade makes the Blazers look like geniuses. I don't know how they managed to avoid this one. Losing Wes Matthews would be a huge blow to their playoff chances, but they got Aaron Aflalo, and they're sitting pretty. They are, and I think that they have a real shot at winning a championship this year. Although losing out on Wes Matthews on the rest of his season does still hurt. It does. And they need Lillard to step it up. He hasn't been very good in the last few games. And they need to have his production, especially in the absence of Matthews. Let's take a break. You're listening to Sports Appeal with Steve and Matt right here on Podbean.com. We'll be right back. Hazard Audio. Hey, yo, Johnny Five here, producer of Sports Appeal. And if you're interested in partnering up with the show or sponsoring, you can always reach out to us, shoot us a tweet, you'll know that. Or you could reach out very directly, hazardradio.audio at gmail.com. Or you can call me, 516-770-7120. That's 516-770-7120. Let's get right back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve. I'm Matt. We've got some sad news for Syracuse fans. Looks like Jim Beheim's going to be suspended for nine conference games next year, and they're going to lose 12 scholarships over the next four years. That's pretty brutal punishment. We were talking about this a few weeks ago, uh, how Syracuse self-imposed a playoff ban this year. Looks like that didn't do a whole lot to mitigate the NCAA's punishment. Yeah, they said that for the last decade, there have just been rampant violations of rules. Even though they've been kind of minor rules most of the time, they said a decade's worth of breaking the rules really shows that Jim Beheim's leadership is lacking. And the Beheim suspension makes perfect sense in light of that. The scholarships kind of make sense because they really, they hurt the school more than anything. Right. But they also, the fact that it's starting this next year hurts the players that are on the team now and planning on coming back next year because it means that their team's going to be worse consistently for the rest of their time at Syracuse. So it makes me wonder if some of them might even want to transfer. Yeah, I guess the four-star recruits that are coming in next year have all said they're going to honor their commitments. And there's been a lot of talk kind of minimizing the scholarship thing, saying, you know, three scholarships a year isn't really that much. Syracuse can just take those scholarships off the end of the bench and still recruit the big players. But the other side of that is three scholarships a year out of 13 that they get. That's a huge chunk. That's a big portion of the team. It does make sense to me, though, that they're mostly penalizing the school itself. Yeah. And it's going to cost the school some money because you know, they won't have as high of attendance. They won't go as far into the playoffs. But it is still, it's just a sad situation. I may be biased on this because I went to Syracuse, so I'm going to need you to check me on this maybe. But it seems to me like it's not really that big of a deal. Like, there's no real outrage over what's happening here with the team. You know, there's been a lot of cheating scandals going on. Ohio State got things revoked. Uh, North Carolina has been under fire. SMU has been under fire. It feels like we're kind of getting desensitized to it. And to me, this feels like the turning point where we're starting to be like, okay, yeah, they had violations. Big deal. You know, it doesn't seem like people are really that upset about it. There's just been so many scandals over the last yeah. few years. 
I'm still a little fuzzy on what actually went on at Syracuse that warrants the suspensions and warrants the revocation of scholarships. But when you look at all the things that have happened in colleges the last few years, whatever happened here doesn't seem that bad compared to like the story of, I don't even remember what school, but there was some essay written by an athlete, by a student athlete that he got an A- on. It's a college essay. He wrote it about Rosa Parks. It was one paragraph, horribly written, and incorrect you know so the school got punished for that but this doesn't seem like as bad as that just letting kids not even do their work and still passing them and giving them a's i think maybe part of the hesitation to be so harsh on jim Beheim for this is that jim Beheim's a really likable guy like if this was john calipari it would be a different story people would be tearing him to shreds because he's kind of like a uh, i heard someone describe him as a used car salesman earlier this week and i thought that was pretty accurate actually so if it was him instead of Jim Beheim, I feel like people would be a lot more outraged about this. Let's move on to Sports Madness. You ready? Let's do it. Sports Madness. So first story we got in Sports Madness is Clay Thompson, who tied his current coach, Steve Kerr, with 726 career three-pointers made. The crazy thing to me about that when you actually dig into it is that's only 139th overall in the career three-pointers made rankings. So Steve Kerr, one of the most prolific three-point shooters of all time, only had 726 career three-pointers. I found that really weird. That is very weird. And you're right that that's the weird part because when you think Steve Kerr, you think he's one of the best three-point shooters of all time. And he is one of the best three-point shooters of all time. Yeah, he had five seasons where he shot at least 50% from three, and his career three-point shooting average is .454, which is just absurd. Half the time he takes a three-pointer, it's going in. Yeah, and Klay Thompson's career average is .415, so it's not that much worse than Steve Kerr's, really. The three is just so much more a part of the game now. It is. Because the three-point line was introduced not too long before Steve Kerr. It was in the uh, 80s, yeah. Right. Now teams have really started figuring out just how valuable the three-pointer is and integrating it so much more into their offense and so then defenses have had to adjust to that it's really fascinating to see how the game has changed in that regard even and is continuing to change like for example a big part of Tom Thibodeau's system is not allowing other teams to take the corner three right the game continues to evolve from this addition of the game that you know came in 30 some years ago now Clay Thompson also benefits from having Steph Curry on his team he gets a lot more open looks than Steve Kerr would have you know did Steve Kerr really play with any other real good shooters I guess Tony Kukoc maybe well Michael Jordan was a pretty good shooter he didn't take a lot of three-pointers that's true he was still a good shooter, and he could shoot from outside, just not a whole lot from outside of three. Right, so Clay Thompson just gets a lot more opportunities and a lot more open looks than Steve Kerr did. So I guess it kind of makes sense when once you break it down. Let's move on to our next Sports Madness story, which is Russell Westbrook just continuing to explode. He had four triple-doubles in four games, and you were saying something about the Knicks, and they're not getting triple-doubles? Yeah, I, I love this story, because I'm sure Steve hates it. Uh, I do. So I do. The, the Knicks have had three triple-doubles over the course of the last 12 years Less than Russell Westbrook had in four straight games. By the way, Westbrook's fourth triple-double came three days after he had surgery on his busted face. That was just crazy. He came back from his face surgery and put up 49 points, 16 rebounds, and 10 assists. I'm just going to choose to ignore the Knicks part of this story, and I'm going to talk about Russell Westbrook. He's the first guy since Jordan to do this. But the crazier part to me was Michael Jordan. He did it, I think, 11 times in 12 games. 
Russell yeah. Westbrook's not going to get there. No, he's not. His streak's over now. My Bulls ended his streak. He still manages to put up, like, 40 points on us, though, and seven assists and eight rebounds, I think. So it was still a great game for him, but the Bulls did end up ending his streak and winning the game. So there's that. What Westbrook is doing is historic. James Harden had a triple-double last night, and no one even knows because it, it, he had one triple-double. Yeah, Big deal. Yeah, what do you do, right? <laughs> Exactly. It's just so a triple-double. Russell Westbrook did that four times in a row. Moving on to our last sports appeal story, Cristiano Ronaldo, the famous soccer player, he has, I guess, a wax figure in a wax museum. He sends his personal hairstylist there once a month to update the wax figure's hair so that it matches his own hair. I don't even get my hair cut once a month. His wax figure is better trimmed than I am. That's insanity. It's so cocky, too. Just like... Because he does it out of his own pocket. He's paying money to make sure that his wax figure has his hairdo up to date. I love it. It's it's hilarious. I think he's just running out of things to do with all of his piles of money. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, well, some people have all the problems in the world. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have for Sports Appeal with your host, Matt Axelrod. I'm Steve Gross. We're here every week on Podbean.com and the Rivet News Radio app. You can also find us on thesportsmecca.com on their radio page or wgtrlive.com. Tweet at us at The Sports Appeal. You can also email us at sportsappealshow at gmail.com. We're produced by Johnny Five, powered by Hazard Audio. And the music playing us out is going to be Hotter in the House by Full Service.
Hazard Audio.